How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to succeed, and yet you keep coming up short? You probably noticed that high achievers with heart do things differently, but you just can't put your finger on it. You're curious about why high achievers accomplish more and have more satisfying relationships. It's because success is the result of your mindset and the consistent actions you take. This show is designed with your success in mind. By revealing these powerful patterns of our dynamic individuals and guest experts, you can model what they do and apply to your future success now. Let's roll up our sleeves and get started. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And welcome, everyone, to the Success Pattern Show. It is my distinct honor. We are here to give you the golden nuggets. I sure you have something to write on and write with because success patterns are more valuable than ideas. Let me explain. Ideas, while very powerful, require trial and error and a lot of time to put into action. Just think about manufacturing. First, you have an idea then the proof of concept, then a working prototype, then small production badges, and finally, full-scale production. This takes months, maybe even years. And you have maybe met some people who are collectors of ideas and they do little else. Forget everything you have heard about ideas. You're not looking for ideas. You are looking or success patterns. Success patterns are different. Success patterns are better. Why? Well, success patterns are proven, have a logical sequence of steps to follow, have an action imperative, and deliver consistent results. In today's content-rich program, you're going to learn valuable success patterns because we have a special guest today. She's a children's mental health specialist, and I'm going to call her an overnight success. I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to dive deeper into that. She's a passionate, beautiful being, um, and she's all about, her passion is all about children's mental health. And she's giving not just the children, but the educators, the parents, the people around these children, tools that they need to make you know, to get through daily life and to actually make um, choices, good choices, choices that will impact them in a positive way and that'll reduce levels of anxiety that, gosh, we know people are suffering globally from. She, from an entrepreneurial perspective, she is a, like I said, an overnight success, but it took her three years to land on her why, why her purpose, why is she doing what she's doing and helping others to avoid making the same mistakes. She, uh, her mission is to empower, to make conscious and positive choices in all aspects of our lives. Um, she's, we've been taught to be reactive rather than proactive when it comes to our well-being, inner and outer. Um, so why are we waiting for symptoms to appear before we even take action? It's a really good question to ask. So let's put some strategies and tools in the hands of our educators, in the hands of our children, in the hands of our parents, in the hands of our administrator, administrators, so they can then solve everyday problems in a positive way and build empathy, a big, another big, big word, self-compassion and kindness. Holy cow. Children are a future, and uh, we got to teach them well and lead the way. We have the power to make this world an incredible, 
incredible positive place. And it starts with us, the adults right now. So I am super, super excited to have Lynn McLaughlin here with us. Lynn, so good to have you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much, Brigitte. Thank you. Thank you for saying uh, Brigitte so well, so nicely. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so mental health, kids, where does this come from? Oh, boy. Well, 35 years as an educator. Um, yeah, in all kinds of roles, uh, starting as a teacher, a consultant, a principal, a superintendent, now teaching in post-secondary. And over time, we all know over the last decade, even longer than that, and there's not a teacher I know, and I know a lot of teachers who can say that there isn't a child in their class, whether we're in kindergarten all the way through post-secondary, that is struggling to some degree with their mental health. Debilitating anxiety, starting with anxiousness, debilitating anxiety, kids who can only come to school for one period a day or can't come to school at all. We have day treatment programs for five-year-olds. But in, in, yeah, but in all of those roles, though, you know, and I thought about this just a few years ago. What happens? We need more supports. We add more supports. In our board, we brought child youth workers into schools. We trained them. We trained people on behavior management. We created uh, rooms, uh, zones of regulation rooms to teach kids who are having trouble managing their emotions. We brought in emotional vocabulary. We responded to that growing need in our in our kids. And then in my own family, I had a daughter who really struggled with anxiety in her 20s. And what happens? We see symptoms, we respond, we get help. We got it all wrong. <laughs> we got it backwards. We yeah. got it backwards. Yeah. We got to be yeah. starting when they're born. We got to start to give them the tools before they're 10 years old, even eight years old, when we know those are the informative years, right? Yeah, that's and, where that's where it all comes from for me. And and I agree with you on so many levels, from educator to educator, from mom to mom, from administrator to administrator. Right? There's so many parallels that you and I have, and and I wonder, you know, in the time that we learned, in the time that we took our training, and of course we're leaders and we're ongoing learners. We weren't prepared for the pandemic. We weren't prepared for this, you know, mental health avalanche that that came towards us as as, as parents, as educators. But was it real? You know, I, I think we, and I don't want to overgeneralize this, but was it all due to the pandemic or have we missed the signs leading up to the pandemic and through the pandemic? Before the pandemic, we had, they said one in four of us is going to experience a mental health, a mental illness in our lifetime. We're, so it's pretty clear we've been doing it wrong all along. If a quarter of us are going to struggle to that degree during our lifetime, and there's, I don't want to simplify, there's very complex reasons for mental illness, neurology, and all of those other kinds of things. But we have been responsive. And I mean, I live in Ontario. We get a letter in the mail. It's time to do this. It's time to get your mammogram. It's time to, we're, we're doing it. We got to get back to the other end of it. And, and we as adults now, we, you, your introduction was fantastic. We have to look in the mirror because uh, it drives me crazy, Brigitte, when I hear people say, oh, it worked for me. Wow, we just got to build some resilience in these kids. It's an entirely different world. It was a different world before the pandemic. And boy, did that exacerbate things. It is a very different world. And we've got to go back 
and say, we have to do it differently. We should have been doing this a long time ago. And many places in the world are. Many places have others, uh, countries in this world where mindfulness or whatever term you want to call it is embedded in their curriculum. It's something they do every day. Uh, yeah, it's happening. So, so, so how can we be... Clearly, we cannot go into into the the past and change the past. But from here on forward, from right now, what can anyone do? You know, in terms of mindfulness, in terms of empathy, in terms of recognizing not one child is the same. May they have, you know, dare I say, abilities and 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 different abilities. Um, what can we do? Because it's it's. For the untrained eye, for the untrained ear, it's hard to see because these children, I just had this conversation with a parent the other day, and, and she made such a clear point. She said, you know, a child with an, with a, or a person with an amputated leg, we're not going to send them up Mount Kilimanjaro by themselves because it's very obvious that that person is missing a limb. Now, mental health is not as it's not written all over us it's not there's not one thing where we can say ah there's this and therefore there's that right so how can we be more mindful just in, even if we don't have those lenses yet million dollar well, question yeah i think we're talking about hidden disabilities too right and there's a, that can take on a lot of different um, forms but um, what I've researched and what I've learned, and uh, I'm, I've got a partnership with my niece who is a social worker. So we've got the clinical piece there as well as my educator piece and all of the experience between us. Um, we, we have to be thinking about emotions differently. And the words, you, you've said this before in a past show, emotional literacy is a term that's really, really overused. But to understand what that actually means is so teaching emotional vocabulary. I'm, I think I heard the other day, there are over a thousand different emotional words. I don't know what they all are. That blows my mind. There's over a thousand of them. It's not happy, sad, glad, mad. And then teaching the kids to say, I know I am angry. I know I was just in a kindergarten class and it was so fun doing the drama thing. <sighs> Show me what angry looks like. And they can describe it. I see tenseness in my face, my arms. I'm breathing heavy. My face is turning red. But then to say, why am I feeling angry? And then what are they going to do to get out of it to a positive outcome, as positive an outcome as possible? That's and most are here for a reason. They're telling us something, but we've got to learn to manage them rather than them shutting us down. And they're shutting down a lot of our kids, a lot of our youth and a lot of us now. So I think the first thing is we have to we have to understand that process and then do some deep thinking ourselves, because most of us were not raised to talk about our feelings openly. That's yeah. tough. Once we start to do so, you know, it becomes a little bit easier. Yeah, I, you know, I, I rewatched um, Brene Brown's TED Talk on vulnerability. Oh my gosh, I think I can recite it at this point almost verbatim. But I love <laughs> it so much, and 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 I've studied her getting ready for my TED Talk. But the the vulnerability side, the the true vulnerability side, not the going on social media and going and, and kind of thirsty of oh look at me, I'm you know that's not vulnerability, but a lot of people make that mean vulnerability. Um, that's how a lot of people nowadays also kind of package emotional intelligence of what that means, and you know different people and different groups of people make it mean different things. So the, the mindfulness, the education around how do we 
how can we be more empathetic? How can we learn to detect these these big emotions, right? You 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 mentioned big emotions earlier, and how can we then give tools to cope? So what comes after that? Once now someone has a platform to be vulnerable and to be aware and to de detect that this is going on, now what? Now we, now we have to learn those tools and strategies. So that's what it comes down to for me. And I'll tell you, when I was working with my niece, um, I, I could, yes, I, I had no idea there were step-by-step -step strategies that I could be modeling and teaching for my kids. And once I learn them myself and start to practice them myself, then our children see us doing it and they practice it as well. It's okay to show people that we're angry or we're worried or we're scared, but we can also model how we get through that. So some of the evidence-based strategies, uh, we all know deep breathing, right? Well, we can talk about deep breathing. You can call it whatever you want to call it. There's all kinds of different ways to do deep breathing, what, which I've learned from, from my niece, Amber. Um, but we can teach kids how to calm their minds by using that as a strategy. We can teach them two, three, four, five years old. I just did it. We just did it with kindergartens yesterday. Um, and boy, do they catch on fast. If they practice that and practice that and practice that, that's one strategy. There are countless strategies out there. We learn them ourselves. We model. We model when we're upset because it's okay to be upset. But when we blow up, and of course we don't blow up. I mean, blow up. We all get upset in a certain way. Hopefully we don't blow up in front of our children. If we can model how we get through that, like, okay, I come home from work and it's been a horrible day and I'm really upset. It's all right to say to my kids. I, I have to take 10 minutes. Mom's going for a walk. If you've got little people, I'm going to go sit in the other room with my earbuds on. I have to lead, listen to some music or read. And then you teach them, I'm upset, but this is the way I use to calm down. What works for you? And when they're upset, you help them work through a routine that works for them. It might be going for a walk out in nature. It might be having a bath. It might be whatever it is, but modeling for them. But we have to learn those strategies ourselves. First, what works for us? That's the key. That's that's I think that's the million dollar answer right there. So how do you know in order for our kids, because you said it earlier in, or I said it in the, in your introduction, children are our future. You know, and the song goes, I believe the children are our future. We must teach them well and let them lead the way. Yes. And we might not just teach, but like you said, truly model. But here's the here's the key. When we model with our own limitations, it's not a good model. Mm -mm. So it's not up to the, that we teach the children. We first have to teach ourselves. We first got to pour all of that knowledge into us. And when I say us, I mean the adults, the educators, the parents, the administrators, the, the, the you know, whoever works with, the, with these children, that's where it starts. Oh, you, you got my crystal ball right there. My crystal ball would be exactly what I was saying earlier about the countries that are already doing it. Just imagine the synergy we could create if educators, and I'm when I say educators, I'm talking teachers, support staff, secretaries, custodians, anyone who works in a school were actually taught and as a whole system learned whatever the strategies are, mindfulness activities, whatever. Those kids are then going to go home. First of all, all the educators will be healthier they're going to feel better because they found a way to manage their emotions positively. And it doesn't mean that we don't still have those bad days. That's okay. Kids go home, kids model it, parents learn it. I just think the whole thing could really, oh my gosh, the future, the future of kids, if we could start to do this in childcare centers, 
what yeah. a difference it would be. You know, people, yeah. we hear all these angry people all the time. Well, imagine a world of empathy where kids can actually recognize there's someone, that person is lonely sitting over. I'm going to go do something about that. And I can tell not just because they're sitting alone, by their physical characteristics, by the emotions that I'm seeing. Empathy. Let's build an empathetic world and have our kids do that and learn it. Yeah. 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 Model it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and that's one of the laws that I teach, right? Everything is about expert modeling. So, and so there's that word of expert and, and the experts got to gotta do a really good job in modeling it. That doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but we got to be very mindful in modeling it. I was on a, um, Lady JB's, JB Owens show this morning. We talked about awakening and modeling again and, and having choices and having, you know, when we're aware that we actually have a choice to either feel really frustrated and angry or neutral of, okay, so now I'm having this big emotion. What am I going to do with it? Yeah, that's right. Now and you're, you're not just an educator, you're an author. Yeah. So you're contributing with insight to children. Tell us about your books. It's not just one book. Uh, well, yeah. So the book series, I've, I've written a few others, but the book series is called The Power of Thought. And so my partner, my, my she's also my niece, uh, Amber Raymond, uh, is um, she's a social worker. And I was just out for a walk. It was two years ago, January. And I, I just did, you know, why are we doing it backwards? Why aren't we being proactive? Why aren't we giving? And I called her and I said, Amber, do you want to write a book with me? And it turned out to be a series. <laughs> it's now called The Power of Thought. And we just created this, this make-believe planet we called Tezra. And it's so just, if you're an author and you're doing things on a fictional basis, it's such fun because you can make it look, you can make it anything you want it to be. And it was Amber's idea to name the characters after crystals because every crystal is unique and they have very positive healing principles around them, right? Uh, but every book, there's four books out. The fifth book will be the end of this month, teaches an evidence-based strategy. So kids on this planet zoom out, they don't walk, they hover, they fly. And we take them into a situation that any child can relate to and introduce all of those emotions. And they all glow in the color they're feeling because they haven't managed to control them that you don't know, they don't know how. So every book we take them through and at the end, they're all glowing green and they figured it out. It doesn't mean they didn't have a tough time, but they're in a place where they can manage those emotions in a positive way. We're really thrilled with it. Um, we're doing parent, um, um, parent community presentations. Now we're in schools and, and, you know, lots of, and, and boy, when we do deep breathing with a with a gym full of parents and guardians who haven't practiced it before, it's really it's quite an experience. But, you know, they're all there for a reason. They want to learn. They want to understand. They want to know. And we learn every time um, with new questions that come from them, too. It's it's just been so inspiring out in schools, reading to kids. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's just. When, when I'm like, say, <laughs> I know when you say a gym full of people and you're, you're, they're all breathing in sync and you're all, you know, you're all in there for the same reason. That gives me the goosebumps because that's truly that, that ripple effect that so many people are talking about. And it's not millions and millions. It starts with our community. It starts with our school. It starts with at home with our own kids. It starts right there to truly make a difference and yeah. uh, and to use what you have so beautifully put together 
and and written, yeah, uh, one of our listeners, she says that's very powerful. And I agree with you, Latanya. Um, and and she says, you know, it's it starts with us. It starts with the it starts with the adults. So there are four there are four books in the series right now, but I know that there's actually a fifth one coming. Yeah. So oh, you know what? And every time we put out a new book, we we say, oh, this is my favorite. No, no, this is my favorite. <laughs> And the next one that's coming out, which our, our illustrator, we we scooped her up right out of high school, Kennedy Collegiate in Windsor, Elisa Batten. And I mean, I mean she's just taken the series to an entirely new level with her creativity. Um, the next book is based on calming yourself using the elements of earth, wind, fire, and water. And it's really cool, like using your imagination in those realms. I, I, so every time we come up with another one, uh, this is my favorite. No way. <laughs> It's kind of fun. <laughs> These books should be in every in every school library, in every classroom, uh, in every parent's home, and um, in is is one of the books does it come with with crystals, or do all of the books come with crystals? So every character is named after a crystal, including the adults who are teaching. Opal, Opal's my favorite adult figure with a great big brimmed hat. And we never see the faces of the adults, which is kind of cool. It reminds me of a couple of comedy series from my day. Um, but crystals really accompany all of the characters from all of the books. So we do have a set of crystals we have with little accompanying guides. Carnuli is the name of, a, of, of the character. How does that relate to the crystal? And then you get to look at the crystal and say, oh, wow, this is really individual and, and kind of neat. Um, but you can buy every book. There's no order. You can buy the third. You can buy whatever book you can buy. I can call my mind if you want, because that's the way you want to do that. Or I can check my senses or I have choices. You can buy them individually or as a set, but the crystals will go with every single one. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. And that, that was my sister-in-law's idea, the crystals, by the way, as a as an activity center in her class. <laughs> So, so there's a whole family of educators and 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 child specialists uh, in the Greater McLaughlin uh, family. Oh yeah, there's a lot of teachers. Yeah, sisters. Oh, we've got we've got a lot of connections. Yeah. <laughs> before we got ready for the show, or as we got ready for the show, before the show, you said two things um, that really stood out. Well, you said many things that stood out to me. Um, but there's one thing that I really want to reiterate, and that is the books and the knowledge and the mindfulness and the empathetic way of being in our world creates this intrinsic way of, of growing up. It's not an, it's not an external, but you got to be that way. Cause that's how you know it's very reactive, but you got to be a good kid, but you got to, write good grades, but, 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 but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, that's all put on the individual child. Where is that self that is able to grow and develop? And that's intrinsic and talk a little bit about what the, what these books do. Well, I, oh boy, I'm going to have some people call me after this, but we, we've got it backwards with all the pressures with academics and achievement. Uh, if we could be focusing on well-being oh my gosh, uh, even pilot it in a group of schools <laughs> for Pete's sakes. It would be fantastic if the Ministry of Education in the province of Ontario would say, uh, we're going to put well-being as part of the curriculum all the way back down in early years. Wow. And then train the tra tra teachers. But it's more than just, um, um, so I'm the teacher, right? 
So with every book, we also have an educational guide. What questions do you ask when you're looking at the cover? What do you ask when you're in the middle, when you're reading it afterwards? And then we have little fun caricature sketches that children can take and apply something that's happening to their own lives. So they take that strategy and learn it and say, this is what will work for me this time. Then they can start to practice it. Then they practice. If I have choices as the example for now, they can use I have choices every single time something happens and they think they can only do A or B. No, there's so much more out there. And if you know you have other options, that anxiety, well, I don't have to do that. I don't have to wait a minute. Hold on here. That's part of it. So it, it's not just about reading to kids in this series. And very often it's not if we're trying to teach something. This is about having them learn it so they can use it for life. And of the five strategies we teach, two might work for one child, two might work for another child. You might have three kids and three different ones working, right? Because we're all different and we're all unique and we have to figure that out for ourselves. I hope that answered your question. Oh, yes. Well, the, okay. the, the question was was very woven into many questions because I have so many questions around that. And, 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 I, and I'm looking for answers, right? I'm looking for answers for our own children, for all children that, that are coming to create better behavior, to create better well-being because... How is someone that is not well in their physical or their mental body to learn, study, and have good grades? No. That's just go back like you, to, said, you go back to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The first thing is safety, I believe. Is that still? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, and every behavior has a reason. We all know that. Every educator knows that. If there's a blow up, there's a reason for that blow up. What was the reason? And then it becomes a teaching. It becomes a learning. It becomes a, you know, story. There's lots of different ways we can do it. But yeah, it's, if we're, if we're feeling better emotionally, there, no one can convince me. You send me the research that tells me otherwise that I'm collecting right now that says if we're feeling better emotionally, that that's not going to affect our entire lives in a positive way. I agree that there's a law that I teach and, and, and that states when you change one modality and that could be the way that you're thinking or the thoughts that you're thinking, then the others will follow. So if you're in a better mental state, guess what? Everything else will fall into place. Yeah. You said it earlier, making conscious decisions, right? If we are aware, um, I have time to tell one little story and my husband won't mind if you don't mind. Just really, really quickly, we Please. were we were towing an empty trailer. We had just moved my son to the East Coast, and we decided we were going to divert out of Canada down to Boston. We were going to have a great time in Boston. We hit a rainstorm coming into Boston. In the back, in my mind, that trailer was uh, planing behind us, and I asked my husband to slow down. I think he turned up the music actually at one point he wasn't slowing down. He wasn't slowing down. And my stress level was going like this until I remembered my husband was a police officer for Pete's sakes. If anyone knows how to drive in storms, he did. I took out a Sudoku puzzle. I took my eyes off the road. I looked down and I calmed myself because me getting stressed was only affecting the overall stress level in the car. And I could have been the one to cause that accident. So a conscious decision that I made knowing I was elevating the levels of stress in that vehicle and I shut it off right away, but I had to be aware that it was my behavior that was causing that issue. Now, yeah. trust me, we did, we did have a follow-up conversation about listening to your passengers, <laughs> but regardless. <laughs> and what a great example. So thank you for telling that story. What a great example for us to, to be tuned in 
And even if yeah. not tuned into our awareness to bring it back because we have a choice to be aware, not to be aware, always come back to making that, that, you know, that awareness and that conscious decision. Uh, Latanya says, I totally love to experience the book series. I'm glad that she opened that door because you actually brought um, a gift for us, didn't you? I did. Yeah. So the four books that are out there, um, uh, if you're listening, you're, you're getting this code. So Brigitte, you're about to give them a discount code. We'll give you 20% off. And uh, we always throw in some extra things when we ship things out by mail too. So. <laughs> so I'm definitely getting these books for our school. All you got to do guys is go to lynnmclaughlin.com slash store slash book minus bundle or dash bundle. So lynnmclaughlin.com slash store slash book dash bundle. Um, and I'm going to spell Lynn McLaughlin, L-Y-N-N-M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N.com. So Lynn McLaughlin slash store slash book dash bundle. And here's the discount code. Make a note of it. It's all capital letters and it's all together. One word, book bundle and the number four. So book bundle and the number four, all one word. That gets you all the books. Uh, with all the belts and whistles for 20% with 20% discount with book bundle four. Um, this is such an incredible gift. I can't wait to dig into those books. I wish they had them when my kids were little and I got to say they turned out really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish to, I do. I do. Absolutely. Hey, but we only, what, what's the expression? If we only knew then what we know now, <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. So I know people are, are eager to get in touch with you, Lynn. How do they get in touch with you? Send me an email, lynn at lynnmclaughlin.com. Yep, no problem. So, so L-Y-N-N, no E, L-Y-N-N at lynnmclaughlin.com or simply go to her website uh, and that is lynnmclaughlin.com. Lynn, uh, last parting words, what would you leave us with today? Self-compassion, everyone. Amber taught me this. I'm a, I, I'm a type A personality, but boy, I've come a long way in a few years. We are human. We make mistakes. And it is okay to make mistakes in front of the people we love. We just say, hey, I really blew that. I'm human too. We give yourselves some self-compassion. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. That's the words I needed for today. Thank you for being on the show, Lynn. Guys, tune in again next week, same time, same place, with another great guest expert. Until then. Ciao and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in and you will notice opportunities to apply success patterns daily while eagerly anticipating next week's content-rich success patterns.